0: hello and welcome to the big blue box podcast this is one of our monthly special round tables i am one of your hosts i'm gary i'm maria i'm adam
1: i'm jordan i'm harry
2: and i'm mark
0: there we go there we go i hope you are all keeping well and safe and if you are listening to this as a follow-on from last month i hope you enjoyed last month's round table it was very cool to get these guys together we're we're one short this evening though so unfortunately matt can't be with us but um he's here in spirits. uh yeah tear sad face He's here in spirit. But the rest of the gang's here and we're going to talk about, we've got some interesting subjects for you this month. It is the 40th anniversary of the Peter Davison era being aired on our screens. So we're going to talk about some Davison stuff, some of our fave eps and any standout moments that we have for Mr. Davison. And then we're going to crack on to something that we've touched on a little bit in the last episode and a couple of times on the podcast, which is... The potential for some expanded or multiverse stuff to do with Doctor Who and more specifically um, using some of the technology that they've used over at Lucasfilm and Star Wars to bring a young Mark Hamill back, which they've done a couple of times now. So uh, I get the feeling that that technology is the floodgates are going to open now and there's going to be some some interesting stuff happening across some popular, probably sci-fi shows to begin with. So we're going to talk about that stuff. So before we get cracking with all that, I'm going to do the usual roundy roundy table. Excuse the pun. So, Maria, how are you doing?
3: Ah, uh, yeah, I'm great, Gary. Um, I've um, got this week off, so no rushing around for me. I'm really good, thank you.
0: Lovely. Oh, I love weeks off when you don't have to do anything. Oh, nice.
3: Lions. Harry, how are you doing, buddy? Nothing.
0: Harry, Harry. Yes, Mr. Potter, how are you doing,
4: <laughs> Mr. Potter? Oh man I had that a lot throughout <laughs> school. Uh yeah, I'm doing all right, thank you Gary. Yeah. Uh, and I'm happy to be uh, on another round table. I was gutted I missed the biscuit and tea chat last time. Uh, I was very upset about that. Oh, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, we mentioned that on the last on last week's episode as well. I think the old tea and biscuit chat. Essentially the summary was or the summary is um, you can tell a lot from a person from whether they actually dunk their biscuits or not, and then the type of biscuits that they dunk—it's very important. So, uh, and I think Adam said, um, if it, you know, it's a bit of a deal breaker. If they don't dunk the biscuit, then that's a problem. That's yes, it's a big problem.
5: Yeah, I normally dunk about three at once.
0: Yeah, yeah a whole yeah. pack. Yeah, I went through a phase of dunking Twix bars. <laughs> yeah. Quite nice. Anyway, I dunked some bouncy uh, well,
4: chocolate in my tea earlier today, and yeah, it, it really oh, elevated yeah. the quality yeah. of the chocolate for me. Um, so yeah, uh, mm. just a just a life hack for anybody who wants to you know incorporate mm. that into their day.
0: <laughs> it changes the texture of the chocolate, and it makes it yeah, it gives it this uh, kind of yeah. Give it a go, listener. You won't be disappointed. You can't do it with all chocolate though. You couldn't do it like a bounty bar or something ridiculous oh, God, like no. that. It has to be a A biscuit based chocolate bar so there we go use that tip if you want you don't have to we're just throwing them out there for free jordan how you doing dude
1: i'm very well thank you yeah
0: righto mark how are you (laughs) doing how you doing buddy
2: uh yeah not too bad
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's a short and sweet moment from jordan this week yeah i'm doing fine just move on here we go Mark, how you doing, buddy? Mark.
2: Yes. Hello. I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm well. Um, and have slightly slightly stronger Wi-Fi. I think I'm not sure. I'm not sure if everybody's lagging because of me or or them. Um, yeah, I'm good. I've got a beer. I've I'm chatting about dot two with some nice people. What What could be finer? What could be finer?
0: Indeedy, indeedy. And lastly, my co-host, Mister Geeks, Adam. How are you doing, my friend?
5: Yes, I'm very good, mate. Yes, I was actually listening to you earlier, Mark, and uh, on the Time Lash podcast, your review of Rancor <laughs> Av Coloss. I think you'd had. <laughs> I think you might have needed a few beers just to get through that.
2: Yeah, that was a tough. Mm. That was a tough one.
5: <laughs> yeah, we Rancor. don't drink when we record the podcast, do we, Gary? Because we we tend to do it in the morning. But I, I fear if it was a evening recorded session, we might be on it. We might
0: get on it. It'd be game over, mate. If we yeah. did it in the evening game with word. any kind of alcohol involved, <laughs> no. that would not be good. Not good. No. Um, but yeah, the time-lash stuff that Mark does. Um, sorry, what's your co-host name on that, Mark? I always uh,
2: my co-host Ben. Um, is yeah, Ben. That's do it. The, yeah. do the show with. So yeah, because I mean, we, me, and him met um, in the in the good old days of, of sort of Doctor Who pub meetings um, before the um. show came back. So we like we always try to kind of recapture that vibe in the podcast. So we used to record it way back in the day, actually in a pub. Now we just do it over the internet with whatever booze we have in the house. Oh, sweet.
0: (laughs) So you used to do it in the pub? Yeah,
2: Uh, yeah, because Ben used to run a comedy night in a pub in Edinburgh, so we had the use of the function room. So we just just recorded it up up the stairs.
5: Nice. You're both going to be at the uh, BFI as well, and so are you, aren't you, Maria? So it's a bit of a blue box uh, representing... The, i'll be there one, too it'll be my be first cool. one are you going yeah, as well harry yeah
4: maria kindly offered me oh, your first ticket, one yeah. yeah never been yeah, before
3: harry, harry bought a ticket from me so uh he's coming along as well so it's going to be fantastic guys to see you all wow I I love love it.
4: It. what could be better the than what? colin baker and davros and all that stuff
0: daleks <laughs> oh, it'll be great <laughs> what could be better that is going to be cool.
3: Wicked. time <laughs> Drinking afterwards that is going to be the cool bit.
0: <laughs> Are you after this one, Jordan? Or am I the only one that's that's missing it?
1: No, I, I'm not going to this one. It's oh, on Jordan. a Saturday and I'm working. Oh. And I'm, yeah, I oh, know. I've, no. I've let the side down a little bit. But <laughs> I know, it's, especially since I love Revelation of the Daleks as well, and it was filmed down near me. So it's sort of like it would have been nice to go and see it. But. You know, I saw City of Death, so it, you know it's fine. Oh, that would have been, that would yeah. have been a good but one. But I hope see. you all enjoy yourself because it was a really good. Oh, uh, yeah, it was.
3: Are good. you got? Are you got? Are you guys all members of the BFI? Because it seems the only way you can actually get a ticket these days is if you are a member of the BFI.
2: <laughs> I, no. well, I I used to use a friend's membership, but I needed three tickets. For this screening so i ended up using my friend's friend's membership and then my own bfi membership that i then bought <laughs> but to be honest it's already paying paying back and it, you know I, I don't mind supporting nice. British Film. It's my bread and butter in a way
0: yeah we we've been saying for ages haven't we adam about potentially getting one i think we every year at some point we say we really should get one at some point because the tickets just fly out the door for for members only i think you can if you're lucky you can bag one if you're online Right on the time it says tickets are going live. Mm-hmm. There's normally like six left or something. I feel the doctor yeah, I was going to say. Anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
5: yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I, I'm not a member. I was a member for a year and it still didn't help me get tickets. They they <laughs> sell out so fast. I think you just have to be like, uh, yeah. So I, I didn't bother renewing mine the following year. I, I have a, f- a friend who mm. gets mine for me who is a member. But yeah, yeah. yeah, but you're right, Mark. You do get your money's worth from it. They do some great events. Actually, Gaza, while I remember, you're going to love this. They're doing a Wurzel Gummidge. Uh, event. Yes, they're they're reissuing uh, with the original, from the original film, they're re- reissuing Wheels of Gummidge and they're doing a special event at BFI. Oh, wow. I only found out about it this afternoon. Sure, yeah, so wow, We've got to get along to really that.
0: Cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
5: It's like April, I
0: think, sometime. Yeah. Wow. Just like that, Adam sold me a membership to the BFI. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow. So are they releasing really ticket of Gummidge that. on Blu-ray or something then? Is that what
2: they're doing? Or?
5: they're yeah well they've they've found the original prints sorry it's the wheels of gummage podcast now <laughs> but yeah they've just quickly t- uh, i'll just quickly tell you they've, they've just they've discovered the original prints finally somewhere and um yeah someone's actually gonna uh put them out on h as hd i think
0: that is amazing. i think it's
5: fabulous films who don't have the best reputation when it comes to remastering but yeah it's fabulous films are putting out they do do a lot of classic television DVDs. so yeah Mm. Hopefully it'll be good.
0: Yeah. Because yeah. they did, re- they did re- release it, what was it a year or two years ago? And everybody was just really confused because uh, they, they had access to most of the original films back then but decided not to go through with the remaster. So you just got exactly the same set that's as right. when they released it back in 2002, whenever it was. So and the pretty, quality yeah. is terrible. Mm.
5: It's like the first episode looks like it's black and white. The, the colours are so drained aren't they it's yeah it'd be really nice to see it um restored in some way such a good series i suppose it is connected to doctor <laughs> who listener, because it, it is john pertwee so we can we can kind of bring it back around
0: yeah there's a tenuous link there sure
5: very yes my head canon
4: <laughs> uh, the third doctor <laughs> was very bored when he was exiled on earth so he just decided to be a scarecrow for a while
3: <laughs> <laughs> i love that is, like, oh, is that I what gave master the master the idea in
2: timing the rally? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry,
5: Mark of the rally. <laughs> Mark the Yeah. Oh,
0: anyway. man. Okay. Well, I mean, it's possible. It's your, your head cannon, but it's, uh, I don't know. He's annoyed the bricks one too many times, been surfed out, won't let him back in. What does he do with himself? I don't know. Anyway.
5: Or maybe the family of blood went back in time and got their revenge.
4: See, the possibilities are endless. <laughs> Hire us to write Doctor Who.
0: I know you're listening, Russell. You normally do. Take note. You've got a well you've got a whole well of just talent here. Beg it just begging to be to be plucked, shoved into the writing team for the new series. I'll leave that door open. Go over to the Twitter page, a big blue box. There's a link there to email for business inquiries. I'll set you up. Don't worry. What's that? Russell, On, I'm busy. I'll call him back tomorrow. I know what it's about. Anyway, we should crack on. The first bit of the episode, we're going to celebrate 40 years since Peter Davison landed on the screens as our fifth doctor. Fifth doctor? Yeah, of course it is. Why did I question myself? Fifth doctor. Yes. So... It's kind of a weird one, the old Fifth Doctor era, for a few reasons. Firstly, um, a lot of people don't like it, which is kind of weird. Uh, Whenever you talk to people in the pub, Mark will know know about this, talking about Doctor Who in the pub, you often get onto the subject of lists, like, who's your favorite Doctor? Like, what's your favorite era, and all this stuff. And typically, Davison's era and Colin Bacon's era are inevitably shoved at the bottom of said list always happens inevitably unless like you're the odd, the odd fan that like oh i absolutely love and he's like my favorite unless you're that kind of person and then the other reason is that um it was just a really weird time um for production on doctor Who at that at that moment because um if you've read peter Davison's biography or if you've seen any interviews that he's done over the years he wasn't really sure if he wanted to actually do it or not i think he was just you know it wasn't his dream job or anything like that it was just you know his gig came along at the time and and it was, uh, you know, and it was something to do. But I think the uh, the, the main, uh, I wouldn't say issue, but the main thing was that it came off the back of one of the most successful doctors and successful times in the show's history. So, um, you know, a lot of pressure, a lot of, you know, big boots to fill and so on. Having said all that, I, I actually really like a lot of the Davison era and I really like him as the doctor. And I think it's one of those things where as big finishers, put out a lot of his stuff over the years as they've known to do with every doctor. Um, he's really grown, I think, uh, in, in, in public opinion and whatnot. Cause I think if he didn't do any big finish and all we had was just the TV era, I think that would be a, a bit of a shame because yeah, I don't think he had the strongest scripts for some of, well, for most of his stories, I think, um, out of his, you know, two, what did how many seasons did he do? Two, three, three out of the three that he did, um, I can only pick out, like, maybe a couple from each one that are absolute belters, and the rest of them are fairly fairly standard. So uh, what I'd like to do is do a bit of a round and see um, what you guys did like uh, about... We're not going to do any negative ninny stuff. We're not going to do anything. <laughs> Mark, <laughs> keep, uh, keep keep
2: keep that. Well, no, on. I was going <laughs> <gonna> to just <laughs> say <laughs> that it's interesting you say <clears throat> the Davison era is not that well liked because I, fe- I feel like in the past few years there's been a bit of a... Renaissance, and I don't know if that's just um, you know because c- back in the, the sort of late nineties, and early two thousands, Doctor Who fandom was very much like those people that grew up with John Pertwee and Tom Baker. But obviously, as, as time goes on, at them the elder statesmen of the, the fan group end up becoming the the Davison fans or you know things like that. Um, and also Stephen Moffat and Peter and David Tennant are massive fans of the era, and I think that certainly helped you know maybe sort of change people's estimations of it so there you go something positive with the davidson era which is one of my least favorites there you go
0: nice thank you so i'm going to do a round and um just ask you guys what your what some of your fave episodes from his era and if you've got any really cool favorite moments that um he did as his, one of his performances in those episodes or something else that he's done maybe the five doctors that kind of uh, thing that's uh, that's that stood out for you so jordan First up, what's your, uh, any fave eps that you've got from his era?
1: Oh, Castrovalva, Black Orchid, Earthshock, The Visitation, The, oh, I love The Awakening, I think that's a good one. Caves of Androzani, I think is a good one. Um, (laughs) Oh, okay. Um, Terminus. Yeah, right. would, would it be easy, I
5: was going to say, it's would it be adults. easy to list the ones you don't like? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Warriors of the Deep—that's rubbish.
0: <laughs> oh Jesus! Well, I think I Jordan said, just likes Warriors the, of the, the Deep. Yeah, that's rubbish. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Any? I'm afraid to ask.
1: I love. Oh, hold I love so the Awakening. That? Yeah, I think it's Warriors a very little story. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. I did say caves, okay. yeah. Yeah. It took me a like while to like caves of Androsani, okay. actually. I Cool. Didn't like it to begin with. But it's nice. it's grown on me over. Did you say years. caves,
0: by the way? Did you say caves? Of Androsani? Did you say that? Okay. Right.
1: I like to be controversial.
2: Mm. <laughs> Interesting.
0: Okay.
4: Oh, Okay, fave think, fifth Doctor moment. I
1: think it's the bit in case he's, you cannot he's regenerating. He can see he's obvious. regenerating, but he's pushing it back so he can go and save Perry. I think that's i think that's his best moment, I think.
0: Okay, Harry, fave fifth Doctor Episodes or stories?
1: Well, I was very
4: lucky at the Christmas just gone because Santa dropped season 19 on Blu-ray down the chimney. So, uh, uh, and I've not watched uh, all of them yet. uh, And I will say as well, I haven't seen all of Davison's era. I've seen probably about most of it. But, um, yeah, but because I saw them recently, uh, two stories that I really, really enjoyed were Black Orchid, uh, like Jordan said, and um, Fall of Doomsday, I really liked as well. Uh, what I really liked about Fall to Doomsday was that it, it showed, uh, I think, uh, the companions, like, ha- how different they were, like, that, that TARDIS team, their different approaches to solving problems. Uh, so, like, Adric being kind of very, like, logical and methodical and Tegan just wanting to kind of run away, I guess. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, um, I think those two stick out in my mind. And favourite Davison moment, I mean, just his whole performance in Kezo Androzani is just... Um, stellar uh i don't think i think you'd be hard pressed to find a doctor who fan or a fan of davidson's era that disputes that uh so yeah um i really like davidson's era i think towards the end of tom baker like that that season that he did with T, was very kind of very it was a very troubled sort of production but i feel like uh peter davidson's doctor marries better with uh John Nathan-Turner as a producer. Um, I think that's probably when Doctor Who peaked in the 80s. Not peaked overall in history, uh, but um, definitely in the 80s, <laughs> I think. Davison was the highlight.
0: Nice. Nice answer, Harry. Cool. Maria, what what are you saying about Davison's era?
3: Oh, uh, well, obviously, you know, it was my era growing up, so I suppose there's a bit of nostalgia um, there for me because... Um, it season 19 was probably um, the first season where I was like a real genuine super fan. And, you know, I was really excited to see Peter Davison at that time. Um, So season 19, I would say I love all of it. Possibly if I was to pick a week one, it would probably be Time Flight. And I think it's a bit, obviously, you know, you've got the master who's dressed up as a villain and you don't really know why he's dressed up as a villain, but he is. Um, But I I love all of that season. As I say, I think that first season is a really strong one for Peter Davison. I I really enjoy it anyway. Um, If I was to pick some stories from the other seasons, I would probably say um, I really like Snake Dance. I like some of the ideas in it. Um, And it's got, obviously... Um, quite a strong role still for Tegan who is one of my favourite companions so um, I would say Snake Dance, um, Love Enlightenment as well Um, and The Five Doctors you know that's part of that season as well not so keen on Ark of Infinity don't really like that story very much Um, don't really buy all the stuff with um, Omega really um the last season I I was really surprised when Peter Davidson said that he thought that you know that was the season that he really kind of then regretted kind of giving up the role um of kind of being the doctor um I mean it's not a bad season um I I would say again um like Jordan the Awakenings is a strong story um Resurrection of the Daleks is a good story a bit sort of bloodthirsty for me and a bit kind of really downbeat I mean I watched it a while ago and it just kind of made me feel like um dealer depressed you know at the end of it um Caves Caves of Androsani I know everyone raves about it I haven't seen it in ages um but um yeah it's a really good story obviously it's got the regeneration at the end of it um but, yeah, no, I'm, I am I, I know understand what Mark's saying about, you know, Peter Davison getting a, you know, not always being a popular doctor, but I, I, I like him. You know, he had um, a really difficult role to kind of come into because, you know, Tom Baker had been in the role for so long, you know, for seven years, and, you know, he was going to come in and be completely different. And I think, you know, people don't always like change you know so maybe you know him being compared to Tom Baker is probably a bit unfortunate you know but i i like him i i really enjoy his era um you know he's definitely one of one of the better doctors if i was going to pick um you know other classic doctors there would be other doctors below him so um yeah i'm i'm a fan of his his era um yeah that's all i'm going nice. to say really yeah
0: Nice, Mr. Weekly Co-host, ads, fave eps.
5: I can't believe none of you have mentioned the King's Demons. I mean, it's an absolute <laughs> belter. <laughs> no, it's probably the one. It's probably the one Davison story that I really don't like. But um, I'm kind of on the same page as Maria because I I grew up with Davison as the Doctor, and uh, I think a lot of the stories which are quite below par shall we say um i have a lot of affection for because of nostalgia i mean that i think he's got some great stories um and I, I really love the fact that so many people like black orchid because i i loved it as a kid and i absolutely love it now even though it's a real strange little two-parter um which it, it's just an oddity and i and i love black orchid and i know that peter hates it and it's always funny when you listen to the dvd commentary he's really not <laughs> a fan of that story, and he hated the Harlequin costume, which I love. I just love to see the Doctor in a different outfit. So, um, I, I really like the davison era. I, it's not to say it's, I consider it to be the best or the stories to be amazing or anything like that, but I've got a lot of love for it. And I think it does get a bit overlooked. He, he is uh, often described as the beige Doctor, and I totally get why people think that. I think, um, he is a bit bland and I hate to say that because I love the fifth doctor, but I get why some people find him a bit bland. Um, but stories like resurrection of the Daleks, I absolutely love uh, even though it's really grim and to- just full of so much death. Um, but I, again, it's the thing that as a kid, I was just enthralled by it and I love it now. I love the gritty location, Tegan's exit, you know, because it, Again, it makes sense that she would leave after seeing all that death on screen. So, um, yeah, and Visitation, I think, is is beautiful. I think his whole first season's pretty good, actually. I know you like 4 to Doomsday, which is not one of my favourites, but I, I think um, it's still pretty cool. I like the bit where the guy opens his chest and he's got all the wires in it. It makes me laugh. Um, so, yeah, I think it's some really strong stuff in it. I think his second season has got a few oddities which I don't really get on board with. Um, a lot of people like Enlightenment. I, I'm not so fond of that. But obviously, the Five Doctors is amazing. And um, if I was to pick some couple of moments that really stand out for me, Peter's Doctor. I think he definitely gets stronger in his third season. I think this is when we really see Peter start to get to grips with um, with who his Doctor was. Feels a shame actually that he didn't have one more season. Really, but um, the what was it? Which story was it? Uh, shock, obviously. Um, I like the moment when he's having the disagreement with the cyber leader and he makes that speech about smelling a flower and all that sort of stuff. That that sticks in my mind. And I also like the bit where he confronts Davros with the gun and he says he's there, is his executioner, I think, is it shows that tougher side of the Fifth Doctor, which we don't get to see that much. Um, but I do like that when he really steps up to the mark. So, yeah, I think he is a bit underrated, but I do get why people find him a bit... That he gets a bit overlooked. I can totally see why, but I, mm-hmm. I, I'm a fan of the era. I, li- I like it a lot.
0: Good, good, good. good. And finally, Mark, Mark you Mark.
2: Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, the Davison era has one of my all-time favorite Doctor Who stories in it, um, which is Kinder. I think what's really good about the, the the Davison era, certainly the first two series, is um, it doesn't always work. Like, I don't think to Doomsday works as well as it as it could do. But it, 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 it's going for quite high concept, like sci-fi ideas in a way that Doctor Who hasn't really done up until that point. Um, so I've always really liked Kinder because it just felt completely different from the Doctor Who I'd been watching up to, you know, when I bought it on video, you know, decades ago. Um, so that was a really memorable one for me. Um, I just think... And I think one of the, the, the reasons I love it so much is that it does this great thing of pairing the young, at that point the youngest doctor um, with a slightly older female scientist, and I think it's such a great dynamic. And it's such a shame that nobody thought about that in the in the original casting of the of the series because I think that could it's have true. worked really well. I think Peter Davison and Nerys Hughes are the greatest doctor and companion pairing that we never had. Um, I think they're they're terrific because I think. I think, you know, um, Adam's right. I think, you know, Davison does get drowned out. but And I think partly that's due to a kind of ineffectiveness um, of the character. He, he does seem quite ineffectual. But also because he's just got so many companions. You know, it's a very crowded TARDIS. And a crowded TARDIS works when you've got William Hartnell, who's an older actor who needs, you know, kind of younger actors to kind of do the action sequences or, you know, do this or do that. But when it's Peter Davison, I don't really understand what the, kind of, the cast are doing. It's not that Jodie Whittaker thing of, well, what we'll do is we'll have a diverse cast of companions that can be different identification figures. It's too alien to an Australian air hostess. It just doesn't, just doesn't, quite, <laughs> doesn't quite work. Um, so I think the stories for me that I really like are the ones where Davison does get to stand out as the Doctor. So it's, you know, it's kinda, it's Snake Dance, um, and Frontios as well. I'm quite a big fan of Frontios. I think there's some really horrible images in that that don't feel quite as as grim and over the top as something like Remembrance of the sorry, Resurrection of the Daleks or, or Caves. And I mean, I love Caves, but then I also go through periods where I don't because it just feels like a bit, of a bit of a slog in sort of the way that I think Maria feels about Resurrection of the Daleks. I am sometimes just a bit like... Ooh. Feel a bit sad now. Um so yeah, and as for mm-hmm. best Davidson moments, I think um, like I say, anything with Neris Hughes and Kinder. Um I do like, I have to say, I do like the bit in Forward to Doomsday where he turns to Adric and says, Now listen, listen here to me, you little idiot. Um and gives him a talking to for for siding <laughs> with the, the monarch. That's really good as well. Um but yeah.
0: Yeah, that should have been <laughs> a, the- a backhand a moment, shouldn't it? <laughs>
3: I I suppose with um, Davidson, I suppose that the issue with the companions is, you know, they seem to argue a lot amongst themselves. And they don't, they don't seem happy to be there if that kind of makes sense. And I suppose that is a bit difficult sometimes when you're watching the stories because you would just like them to get on and kind of like each other, you know. So that sometimes can be a little bit difficult, you know, because Adric, you know, can be quite. Petulant at times, and you know Tegan doesn't like him, and and then this is trying to be the peacemaker, and then you've got Peter Davison, who's obviously trying to um, they they kind of describe his doctor as a, a, a an old man in a young man's body, so he's trying to be this kind of older, kind of crotchety, well argumentative, I suppose, kind of doctor, and, and sometimes you know it, it is a little bit jarring at times. Um, but then again I I kind of like the diversity of the TARDIS crew as well you know they are all quite different so you know everyone you know everyone will like will take something from that from those um series I think um I you know I quite liked having three of them but you could see obviously with with the way the first um series went on that you know they had to get rid of somebody you know because obviously there wasn't enough screen time for everybody to kind of get you know get enough um in out of the stories um so you know I think probably pairing it down to two companions you know in the second in the second series um was quite good and then um you know and then obviously um you know people came and went um so but I you know I I I, I quite like the diversity I know Mark you you were saying that uh you know that it's it's two aliens and an air hostess but i kind of quite like that i mean i think i think too much now in you know in the new series it, you know everyone's from modern day earth and you know there's nothing nothing kind of interesting about them if that kind of makes sense um anyway that's yeah, I think my that, point I, of yeah i think
2: that's a fair point I, I, um definitely what I, what I thought was interesting about you we were saying is that I think I love Davison as an actor. I think Davison's a great actor. One of his, one of my favorite TV shows is a very peculiar practice with him, David Troughton, Graham Crowden, Barbara Flynn, and in that he is he is a somebody who is surrounded by arguing oddballs, but it works. It, it works in that. Whereas with Doctor Who, you kind because he's supposed in he's supposed to be the authority figure. But I think he's kind of constantly kind of shouted down in Doctor Who, which you don't want, but in a very peculiar practice, he's shouted down, but that's kind of the point. I I don't know. I just thought it was an interesting comparison.
0: Mm. I think that's uh, got the makings of a a new sitcom, though, Two Aliens and an Air Hostess. That sounds like an American thing that's on its way, for sure. Oh, some good good, uh, picks there, guys. Um, I'm surprised nobody uh, plucked out Time Flight. As an absolute belter. You missed that one. Uh, Joking, of course. Um, I really like Earthshock. I think that's one of my fave episodes. Just because it's got... um, Not the... (laughs) Uh, It's just a... I just think it's a very well-paced story for four parts. Um, And uh, yeah, it's just got some great stuff. And obviously the ending is very dramatic and and all that stuff. So that's very cool. And uh, I also really like, obviously, Caves uh, I've very much like that, the five doctors. Um, and also, um, I quite like, uh, like you guys have said, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, the visitation, of course, uh, the visitation, but, um, uh, um, what's the one? Black Orchid. Sorry. Yes. I really like that one too. I can't remember the name of the episode. Uh, so some some good ones there. And I think um, I told you guys not to pick anything to do with cricket as a good moment from Davison. But I will say that involving cricket, the um, drifting out into space with the vacuum hose and then throwing the cricket ball was uh, a highlight it was sick. for all of us. <laughs> I think, yes. Can
2: I cool. also just so ask... A
4: happy 40th birthday. Uh, uh, sorry, Gary, for interrupting. Go, go for it, <laughs> No, no, you, Does anyone you remember a sketch involving Peter Davison, Mark Gattis and uh, David Valiums where Mark Gattis is like a Doctor Who superfan and like they kidnap Peter Davison like, in the middle of the night or something? Um, I think it was on the DVD for An Unearthly Child or like on the beginning box set. Uh, for some reason, I've just remembered it just now and I haven't thought about it in years. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Is from. It was originally from. They did like a Doctor Who night on BBC It was, Two. yeah,
4: yeah. It was like a 40th and anniversary. And Mark Gatiss and
2: David Walliams did three sketches. One of which was quite controversial um, because it was basically it, it's the it's the pitch meeting for the original Doctor Who. And so basically, some Sydney Newman goes into the BBC Director General's office and basically pitches the whole 26 years of Doctor Who as <laughs> basically just one idea. Um, and there's a line in it which I won't repeat because um, I know this is a family show. Um, which upset Colin Baker and Peter Davison, um, <laughs> Colin Baker especially. Uh, basically, um, oh. well after after Tom Baker, we'll have you know just any old with an equity card uh, was basically the gag. <laughs> Ooh, uh. <laughs> Didn't go down very well, oh, yeah. um, but yes. Yeah, nice. So the, the kidnapping sketch was was one of those one of those three sketches. It is very funny. Can I kiss Peter Davison? now? <laughs>
4: I think it's Mark the late Mark <laughs> <finished before. laughs> finest hour.
0: You know, <laughs> <laughs> I've not even heard of that. Have you seen that before, Adam? We haven't spoken about that before.
5: Yeah, it's funny now. Mark mentions that line. It's really weird. It's just come straight. It has honestly just come straight back to me. I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, they had like a, a Tardis prop in a quarry or so. I don't know. I do vaguely remember it anyway. Yeah,
3: hmm.
5: I didn't realise it was on one of the DVDs. I'll have to try and. Yeah, that's how out. I
4: discovered it because um, I, I would have been an infant i think when uh, it was airing as part of that doctor who night uh, so uh yeah yeah. Uh, yeah i think it's on the beginning box set uh, or, or just on youtube
0: yeah yes i have to dig that out and have a watch i think later yeah. that sounds rather funny i've
3: never seen that i've never heard of it mm. before you, you've got me curious now i think i'll have to go on youtube and see if i can find it that's really interesting
5: <laughs> Colin Baker's had it removed from every social platform.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Old Cole. Yeah. He so, takes everything
3: so personally.
0: Any, yeah. Anything else to add to Davison's era before we wrap this bit up? No? Yes. All good. Excellent. So a very big happy birthday. Happy 40th birthday to the fifth Doctor's era. So Castro Valva, when was that? uh first yeah 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 we're a bit late though january 1982 for castrovalva so we're a month out but there we go happy birthday uh yes there you go that'll do that'll do right moving swiftly on multiverse stuff in the world of doctor who notepad and pen Russell for this bit so we're going to talk about some multiverse stuff because we have touched on it as I mentioned earlier in the show but uh, I do feel like and Mark made a very good point if you've read Mark's article on the website uh, which was out I think was two weeks ago he made a very very good point about um, uh, specifically spin-off media and reusing older characters from Doctor Who but they've been voiced by other people and And that sort of thing, and uh, a combination of some of the stuff that's happened recently in more popular, more popular, depending on your opinion, more popular franchises with bigger audiences and bigger budgets and whatnot, um, have used technology to bring um, either deceased actors back, or they've used it to bring older actors back in their younger years, quite convincingly these days. I think the first time they did this really convincingly was it in Gladiator when they brought what's-his-name back at the very end, Oliver Reed, because he had passed away halfway through or two-thirds away through filming, but he he was needed for a scene later on, and they brought him back and touched him up a little bit and stuff. That sounds really wrong. Um, You know what I mean? They enhanced the look and feel and, and all of that stuff. They did that, and it looked very good. Now, fast forward however many decades after that, and we have a very convincing thing. So the thing I want to get some conversation happening on is, do you think, A, the the um, we're going to see more spin-offs once Russell kicks his era in, and we're going to see um, more expanded characters used in those spin-offs as well as the main show? And then the follow-up to that is, do you think they will bring people back to do a Luke Skywalker thing where we could see Patrick Troughton walking around looking very convincingly like he was there still alive and you know is is being filmed and so on so I'm just going to open the floor so everyone wants to to jump in multiverse yes or no first of all yay or nay don't be shy all right I'll go Um, so yeah I I think um,
2: (laughs) I think I think spin-offs I think are definitely Doctor Who's future I think that's that's true I mean it's no longer just a BBC production is it it's a co-production with Bad Wolf Productions, which have now been acquired by Sony, you know, after the success of um, what's it called, *His Dark Materials*. So, you know, I would not be surprised if Sony would be interested in exploring the franchise potential of *Doctor Who*. Um, What form that takes, I don't know. I know there's rumours that David Tennant and Catherine Tate are back for either, you know, a special or like a mini series or or whatever form it's going to take. But I do think the most interesting way to do a Doctor Who spin-off, and I say this as somebody who absolutely loves the Sarah Jane Adventures and tolerates Torchwood. Um they both quite rigidly <laughs> follow the Doctor Who model. So it, it's a monster of the week, it you know, but it's set on Earth and you know you don't have the, the time travel element. I think there's there's more interesting things you can do with a Doctor Who spin off and like open the universe up. There's so many characters and planets and species that, you know, we've met over the past six decades that could be completely different series. I mean, you look at Marvel and Star Wars, although you could argue that it's all the same, it's the same stuff. It's not really, you know, the Mandalorians are Western. It's not a, it's not a space opera in the way that that Star Wars is, for example. So I think you could do something really interesting with that, with Doctor Who. Like I was thinking, you know, you could do a series about the division, for example, and I don't necessarily mean a spin-off with the Ruth Doctor. I mean just actually, what does a shady time agency look like that hires, you know, multiple different alien species? You could do something along the lines of of Loki with that, or just or just do a kind of X Files time travely kind of thing with that. I think would be would be great. Um, I think there's loads of potential. I think, um, as always with Doctor Who, I think the only thing that hampers it his budget <laughs> really so yeah we just just need to see kind of of what happens and kind of how that spins off but I do think the best way forward with Doctor 2 spin-offs isn't to just go all right let's do a unit series where Kate Stewart investigates a different alien every week or let's you know do something like Flux do like a long arc over like a few episodes or something like that mm.
0: okay interesting ads what you I know you've got some thoughts on this one Dave. Yeah, no actually I think it's really
5: um uh, really interesting mark actually. I think that that does make a lot lot of sense because um Doctor Who does so much world building there's so much potential that's been thrown out there over the years. And I think you I think you're right actually mark because you know, we've got it in our heads that it's going to be like that format and it would like you said there's so much more they could do with it. So it would be very interesting. What I wouldn't like to see is something you mentioned earlier Gary is I, I'm not really I wouldn't want to see like a CGI Pat Troughton. Uh, even if it was good, I just don't want to see it. I feel a little bit uncomfortable about um, some of the stuff Big Finish is doing with the revoicing. To be honest, it's it's okay, but I don't know. It's not something personally for me. Some of it's good. Don't don't get me wrong. I've got a couple of the Big Finish stuff that works quite well, but but yeah, when it, as it when it comes to the CGI thing, I think it's fair enough if it's finishing off something they're already in. But I'm thinking of like Princess Leia at the end of Rogue One. It, it didn't look that good and I know technology will have moved on and it probably could be really good in say another five years or so, but it it feels a little I I guess it's how it's done, but it feels a little disrespectful. So I don't really want to see that. I'm also thinking about the episode where we had loads of doctors. Was it the name of the doctor? Where yeah. we had actors running around the studio in costumes and even <laughs> though they cut it really quickly, it looked rubbish. It's like, well that's obviously not Tom <laughs> Baker. Um so, yeah, but yeah, just going back to what Mark was saying, I think, um, I think there is so much untapped potential uh with spin offs with Doctor Who that I think it would be uh, criminal not to do something um I mean, the obvious ones that people talk about, like Ace and Joe Grant, I would absolutely love to see that, but just again, go back to what Mark said, it'd be interesting to really you know open that can up and and do something a little bit different, which is what I think Russell would do. I don't think he's gonna go. For the obvious if he does spin off so i think he will want to do something that we're not expecting if you know what i mean like the ace mm. adventures just feels like it's a little bit too obvious but as much as i would absolutely love it you know like a charitable earth thing would be amazing but mm. and i would have loved yeah. to have seen more you know uh, joe grant uh, katie manning and, and Stuart bevan did those little Uh, Scenes on the Blu-ray sets where they were reunited and back in character and there was that one where they went out and fought the Autons on the street and it was just so brilliant and I was thinking God I would love more of that but uh, yeah if if you could have both if you could have like a Sarah Jane type thing aimed at a younger audience with Joe Grant or Ace and then you could have like a more adult spin-off doing the opening the wider universe I think that would be you know a slice of fried gold it'd be magic
0: Mm hmm interesting interesting harry what do you reckon on this dude
4: um i mean i will happily watch any and all doctor who spin-off media uh, like I, I the the ideas that you know uh, we could be getting like a load of spin-offs uh, under russell's new reign uh, is really tantalizing um, and I hate to be a Debbie Downer, but, like, I think it it does depend on whether the kind of main show does well, because I think at the minute people are generally out of favour with it, uh, and not necessarily either just because of the quality. Uh, you know, there are things like reduced episode count and the fact that it's only on every, like, year and a half nowadays kind of thing. Uh, so I feel like if you sort of... Um, um if if the main show sort of improves then i feel like it, there's more of a likelihood of like not just spin-offs uh you know becoming a thing but also you know being successful and people actually wanting them um in terms of like um deceased um actors being resurrected digitally um again uh i'm sort of with adam on this one i I feel like it is a little bit disrespectful um and like i i don't know i just find it a bit unsettling i can't quite put my finger on it and i think it's a really complicated subject matter and it's still a really recent thing that um filmmakers and that have started doing so i feel like it's Uh, the conversation is going to keep developing over time. And it's a really interesting conversation to have. But I actually think that um, rather than trying to, uh, you know, bring back actors from the dead, why don't we, uh, you know, I mean, Fraser Hines, he's still alive and kicking. Like, you know, bring back Jamie McCrimmon uh, for for an episode or, (laughs) you know, if not a spin-off, an episode of Doctor Who or something like that, Uh, you know. And, you know, like we say, Sophie Aldred and Katie Manning, you know, uh, focus on the actors who we've actually got still around. Uh, I think that that might be a better uh, place to direct uh, their energies, perhaps. Um, so yeah, that's my uh, mm. that's my two pennies on it.
0: Hmm, another good answer there, dude. I'm gonna ask you all a- another question in a second, but I just want to get some thoughts from. I'm not sure. While we're waiting to see if Jordan has got over his technical gremlins, let's go to Maria. What do you what do you reckon on this, Maria?
3: Yeah, I, I think um, I agree with um, Harry about um, the, that. The that the main series has to be successful. I think before they kind of look at um, expanding into a multi-universe um, format for something else. Um, uh, I mean, I don't know with financial constraints, you know, these days whether. Whether it's a real possibility, I mean, it would be great. Um, obviously, if there was something, um, in addition to the main show, um, I, I mean, I was thinking of things like the Fugitive Doctor, who I thought, you know, would be a kind of natural fit for for something like that. You know, they've got a TARDIS, they can travel wherever they want. You know, and we can see more of Ruth and um, her adventures, and you know, obviously because of the way it was set up, in that she's a fugitive on the run, you know, that could be quite an interesting avenue to explore. Or we could even have, you know, somebody like the master, for instance. I mean, who knows what the master gets up to when he's not um, scheming against the doctor? What, what's he doing, you know, with his time? You know, where's he going? Who's he trying to? Who's he trying to conquer? You know, that might be quite interesting um, to look at. Um, I think um, with regards to other characters coming back, I, I think, you know, I I do feel quite doubt doubtful. And um, as Adam has said, it's, I think to bring back actors that have passed away, um, I I think would feel really disrespectful. I mean, what is the point of it? You know, are we trying to recapture, you know, past glories, you know, bringing people back in that way? Um, there's something that's, makes me feel really uncomfortable about it and you know i know mark um uh put out put out his article um a couple of weeks ago about you know what big finish you're doing with revoicing you know dead actors um you know it it just doesn't sit very well with me i think we need to appreciate people while they're while they're there in their roles and obviously when they pass on you know that we have to acknowledge that you know perhaps you know that that era has passed you know and and not try and recreate Mm. it or bring it back in some way um but yeah i mean i'm Mm. i would be open to obviously you know other other spin-offs um i mean i don't know whether multi-universe kind of covers other formats you know does it have to be tv or can it be done in you know a different format you know to bring bring back different you know different characters but yeah i'm open to it i just wonder whether whether there is the finance to kind of, um, you know, to to fund it all as well, you know, because um, I'm assuming our finance our finances are a bit more constrained than they were in <laughs> 2005 um, mm. onwards. You know, we're in a different era now. So, um, fantastic if it happens, and you know, I'll watch it. Um, you know, as long as it's not class, um, that's fine.
0: Oof.
3: well you know being honest you know it it was okay but it wasn't great so i i think
0: that wasn't i think uh...
3: (laughs) i think think they would need a really good concept if they're going if they're going to look at multi-universe uh series Mm. you know the concept has got to be really strong at the beginning um you know and you've got to really think carefully about who you're going to bring back for it but um yeah i'm on board if it happens it would be great to have more content definitely Mm.
0: that wasn't even passive aggressive maria
3: that was just a straight on
0: the nose (laughs) (laughs) as long as it's not class brilliant yeah it it can't
5: it can't be class maria because fad is too busy filming as the 14th doctor so he can't (laughs) do both
0: true very true true very true
3: are we gonna put (laughs) Um, a bet on who we think who we think the 14th doctor is gonna be i think we should put a bet on who we think it might be <laughs> and then whoever wins we'll, actually, will come the on drink. to your,
0: All right, we'll we'll come on to that, and this, we'll wrap up the show with that one. Um, so let's okay. go, Jordan. If you can, if you can hear us, Jordan. Uh, same question to you, buddy.
1: On on audio, it doesn't bother me so much having different actors play uh, characters where the originals passed away. Although it did take me a while to warm to like. Um, is he Tim Trelaw who plays yeah. the the new one? Um, it took me a while to warm to him. I think a little bit, but I think on screen, I think it's it's I don't know sacrilegious. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, I had to look up what deep fake deep fake meant. I can't even say it. Um. So I I don't know because I think with that have you have you got to have the mannerisms of the original actor down as well as, you know, obviously your, your face is CGI, <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah. No television. I don't really like the idea of anybody coming back on audio. It's, it's fine. Um, but I think, I think multiverse stuff could be quite interesting. I think a, a off one or two, I'd be, I'd be very, very happy with, um, but, yeah, no, I, I, I think on audio it's fine, uh, recasting and stuff like that. But on TV, maybe not so much.
0: Okay. That's fair enough, dude. And I think, um, do you know what, guys? I think I'm the only one that actually wouldn't mind a little bit of that, you know? A little bit controversial, that, the going against the grain of the group. But, yeah. Um, I'm not talking about the idea of having a multiverse within the spin-offs and stuff. I think that would be cool if that's done right. But I don't know. I think if you could imagine a, a story revolving around the 14th Doctor and somehow running into the first Doctor, but the first Doctor's not in it throughout the whole thing. There's just maybe a couple of scenes. And that was done in exactly the same quality as the recent Luke Skywalker stuff that was done in the Book of Boba Fett. I think that would be amazing. I think that would be such a cool thing because like we were talking about before we started recording the first time that they tried to do that in the mandalorian it looked a little bit janky and there was something about it that was off and you thought they've given it a good go like in rogue one where they did it with peter cushing playing uh, moff tarkin and uh, you could see that it was almost there they were kind of you know on their way to having it uh, to the uncanny valley kind of thing um but it just wasn't there but then in that recent st- stuff in the book of boba fett with luke skywalker that was just that was another level now i the the yardstick for me is that if my dad happened just to, to walk in and be and watch me watching the book of boba fett he'd be like wasn't that that chap from those old star wars films he used to watch how is he how is he in these now then he wouldn't be able to wrap his head around it he'd be like but that's the same guy that was in that stuff that was out 40 years ago how is he now here i'm like dad this is don't worry about it just go and put the kettle on so but i think if it was a bit janky and he could pick it out and be like well that's obviously really bad computer generated graphics you know that's that's the kind of thing that that does it for me so i think if you absolutely nailed it and like maria said it's probably out of reach potentially for bad wolf at the moment and the budgets that british broadcasting have got to do but i do feel like it would be amazing if there were a few scenes and it was done really well to that quality where Trouton would just walk in and do so you know or, so i don't know I'm, i don't mean to say it from from like a, a place of disrespect you know or anything like that i just do feel like it could be an amazing moment if you can imagine just the culmination of you know a build up to a story and you think well surely they're not going to have the first doctor in it and it's just going to be crap if they do but then he actually walks into the TARDIS set and it's actually him and it's 99.9999% accurate to what it would actually look like if he was alive I would love that I would absolutely love it so a bit controversial but I think I'm going against the grain of the group I,
2: I, I think Joe, okay. you know what's You've funny gone. is sorry. I don't sorry, sorry. I'm
5: you go. I was just gonna say Joe's you know funny is I don't I don't have a problem with the fact that um David Bradley was cast as Hartnell and also Richard Hundrell. I always get his name wrong. But I feel like I should because I've been sat here thinking about what I've just said and I thought, actually, but I don't have a problem with that. And why don't I? Because I absolutely love William Hartnell. So theoretically, I should have an issue with the fact he's been recast twice. But for some reason, I I don't. Maybe because I liked the performances of the actors. I don't know. I just realised I've sort of got a bit of confusion in my mind there. <laughs>
2: I, I don't I think, think that's that, think, confusion, though, Ga- um, Adam. I th- I think it's um, it's very different, I think, to recast an actor. Sorry, you know, to have Richard Hurndall play William Hartnell. Well, to play the first Doctor, I should say. um, Or have David Bradley play the first Doctor, because that is an actor playing a part. Fine, it's an actor playing a part that was immortalised by somebody else. But I think when you start going down the route of this person's dead, let's... For want of a better phrase, reanimate them. I think you are on (laughs) on completely different territory. So I think you're not contradicting yourself by saying you have no issue with David Bradley, but you would have an issue with a kind of CGI William Hart. And let's be honest with ourselves here. They don't have Lucasfilm money. And even Lucasfilm stuff, I know, Gary, you're very um, complimentary of it. It's still not quite there for me. There's still a kind of deadness behind the eyes. And there's still, so if they can't quite iron it out, God only knows what a CGI William Hartnell would look like when <laughs> a Doctor's <laughs> Anniversary Special. you
5: would be like that uh, Web of Fear yes. animated Charlton. <laughs> Do you know this? what's yeah, I um, think,
3: really I impressive though? That's why
0: oh, No,
3: I was going to say I think Mark's kind of on, spot on with with that. It's okay to recast a character. Although saying that, I um, David David Bradley is the first Doctor for some reason. I kind of, I kind of, I kind of felt a bit strange about watching him be the first Doctor but then when I watched the five Doctors I didn't have a problem with Richard Herndall and that maybe it was because of the, the amount of time that's passed and um maybe it just felt a bit strange kind of recasting the first Doctor after all these years. I don't know why I, I felt a bit strange about watching David Bradley as the first Doctor I must admit I, I it did feel a bit strange for me. Um, but yeah, I think Mark's got it Spot on, I think it, it's okay to Recast a character, but Actually using William Hartnell's Image, I think, would feel Really peculiar um, So, yeah And points. I just want to
2: point out, to stop Myself, sounding like a hypocrite um, I, I don't have an issue With <laughs> recasting, but I know I wrote a whole article About Big Finish recasting, so I just Want to clarify <laughs> that I don't Have an issue with it used Sparingly, I think if we're, we're doing it in this kind of way, which I, think, which I think Big Finish are, and I think Doctor Who runs the risk of, is just completely folding in on itself and becoming completely obsessed with its own past and having to constantly kind of churn out new adventures for the third Doctor, new adventures for the second Doctor, ad nauseum, which does, I think, not so much the recasting, but the constant reiterating of those stories and, and those, doc- those characters. I think devalues the legacy of the actors in a way and of the era, but that's just a, that's a whole separate topic, I guess.
0: Mm. I, I think that the, uh, the reason why big finish are probably putting a bit of a push on that stuff is um, this is going to sound very depressing, but it's probably a bit of uh, um, foreshadowing for what's to come because just the very nature of the age of all of the actors who are playing the role of the Doctor for Big Finish at the moment, when you take out Chris Eccleston coming back and David Tennant and so on. I hate saying it, but they're not going to be around for too much. I'd hate even saying it. You know what I'm trying to say? They're not going to be around for another... You know 20 30 years to record Big Finish. Let's be realistic. Haven't so, they got
5: like about three years worth of stuff in the can of Tom Baker? They've got so much for Tom, which is Something yeah, which but is really so, weird yeah. to think that they're going to be releasing stuff after he died. Yeah, and I don't again, again I don't know how I'm going to feel about definitely. that
2: in front of a microphone. It feels <laughs> like
0: it, yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, though, is that if you were Nicholas Briggs or somebody who was running the show at Big Finish, in a in a way you've only got a finite amount of time to run your business because once those actors sadly leave us and then after that time you've run out of all of the recorded content that they've done what do you do then because i would probably say that what 85 percent of all of big Finish's content is doctor who i think so you have to do something you have to start you know integrating other actors playing the doctors into it now so that by the time that stuff starts to roll around and happen you've got some kind of smooth transition that you've got other actors who can still play those those parts so yeah, but yeah it's a bit that. depressing and morbid to think about it but
3: you say that gary but i don't think you have to actually do it um you know i think you know the the idea would be to find new new avenues of exploring i mean you know, I don't know whether they've yeah. got licenses for the new series, but, you know, we've got David Tennant, we've got Matt Smith, we've got Christopher Eccleston, you know, they can explore those eras, you know, because they're more recent. I mean, you know, I think I think there is a, you know, there is a a, a finite amount of classic stories that you can tell. Um, you know, my, my issue is, is that, you know, they're trying to plug every single gap that there is in the classic series but I don't think we actually need that you know I think you know we have to as fans be able to use our imagination sometimes you know with what happens with these characters we don't need to know every single little thing that they do and um, that's my that's my point of view anyway um you know I've been a fan for a a number of years and you know I don't I don't think I need to know everything that Joe Grant has ever done or that Sarah Jane Smith has ever done you know I think I can use my imagination you know when I don't see her on television I'm also
2: from a business Maria's having standpoint, none of it <laughs> I, I agree with Maria and I think also yeah. from a business standpoint yeah I do yeah. I imagine Christopher Eccleston Tom Baker David Tennant that must be their, they must be their big sellers right I just mm, don't know how many thought, other yeah. people are are buying some of the niche elements of Big Finish, but then maybe it's just that that streaming service model where you just, you do find things with niche appeals and you make so much of it for so many different audiences, which is kind of happening more and more nowadays, that um, you just sort of pinpoint audiences to appeal to. And then you kind of have a, even though you're not actually necessarily making that much for one particular product or range, you've got another range, which you know, has another set of fans that want to buy it. It's an interesting approach. Um but I don't just don't know how how much longer they can keep doing it once those actors are no longer with us. But that's yeah, that's a bit depressing. Mm,
0: yeah, that's what I was thinking, more from a from a business point of view. So if your if your livelihood and your job at Big Finish depends on the sale of stories by those doctors and then at some point they sadly leave us which inevitably will happen and then you have no stories to sell then what do you do and like Maria said there's always that um there's always the you go down the well let's be creative let's write a whole bunch of new stuff with new characters based on you know all the new stuff from Doctor and so on but then do you get the license? How how affordable is the license to get the newer stuff of Doctor Who? It's probably considerably more expensive than the classic years and all that stuff. So Yeah. I, I, I just get the feeling that now that I think I mentioned this earlier as well, that now that the now that the floodgates are open and this sort of stuff has started to appear in mainstream stuff, even though the budget is probably quite vast, needed to do it properly and you know mostly convincing i do feel like i could give it a few years this always happens with tv and and film production it happens with you know not just visual effects but it happens with all sorts of things where there'll be a some film or tv series will start to do it and then it just trickles down and then before you know it all tv and film are kind of got their hands on that technology and because it's become cheaper and more available and so on so i do get the feeling that it will pop up in who at some point, I just, I've just i just got a niggly feeling that it's going to happen. But whether it should happen or not, a bit of an Ian Malcolm moment, you know, you, you've got all this tech that has enabled you to do it, but you didn't stop to think if you should. I don't know the, the answer to that bit, but, um, and I don't even know Russell's thoughts on this stuff. Do we think that he's up for it? You know, if someone, a bad wolf, who's a bit of a nerd is like, dude, I can do like, you know, I can do a, a Hartnell thing in this scene for you. And I'll do it at home in the basement at the weekend. It will be amazing. And he's like, "All right, cool." Or if he's like, "No, that's disrespectful. We don't do that." So, who knows? Is Maybe. the is the big thing?
3: I was I was I've just had a thought. Maybe what they could do is go back and some of the monsters that were really bad in classic Who, they could just use deep fake and just kind of redo them. Things like the murka or I'm just trying to think of really bad monsters. Um, at the Absoloff from the new series, maybe. Maybe they could do
5: that. No <laughs> issue with yeah. that. These what the Peter Kay thing. That's a
2: great oh, design. the <laughs>
0: Yeah. Is that what you mean? Yeah.
5: <laughs> Honestly,
0: well, I'm talking know. about the uh, the face in a paving slab. How do you motion capture a anyway? That's that's what I'm I'm,
3: I'm
5: intrigued to find out. There's a question.
3: Well, I mean, that I'm that sounds just...
0: like how do you? <laughs>
3: I'm just talking off the top of my head, but, you know, any monster that's been a bad monster in Who, they could just go and do a deep fake on it.
0: For weeks, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, then, so to round this off, then, Harry's been very quiet. Harry, um, final question. Do you – I think we've probably addressed that it's – I think we can agree that right now it's probably not feasible based on on money, I think that's we can agree on that. Um, but I do think in the future, over the next few years, that technology will be more widely available, and they'll start to explore the opportunities of that. Do you think that they should hmm. do that?
4: My inclination would be. Mm. Do you know what? Yeah, I think I, I think they should do because I think by exploring that avenue, you can better understand whether it's the right or the wrong thing to do. Uh because you know, I mean like like we say the 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 technology is there uh and uh, you know it, it's fairly new technology. So I don't feel like it's been around enough for you to kind of make sort of definitive conclusions as to whether it's you know fully right or fully wrong. Maybe it's a bit bit of both. I mean it's not black and white, is it? So yeah, I think I think yes, not because I'm uh overly enthusiastic about the idea more just because we would, yeah, we'd get more of a hold on, you know, whether it's acceptable, whether people like it or don't like it, or whether it, and ultimately, I think, you know, what it boils down to is whether or not it serves the narrative and serves the narratives that they're trying, like, they're trying to tell. Uh, so, yeah, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, cool. Jordan, can you hear us? Can you hear us, Jordan? We've established that the technology will probably be available in the next few years. But do you think they should implement the deepfake stuff in Doctor Who or not?
1: I if if it becomes like available and it's obviously it's cheaper for for people to use, maybe I think it would be quite nice to see people playing these characters again. But I don't. I yeah. I maybe maybe.
0: Maybe, on the fence is Jordan. Okay, ads. S- sitting should on the we? Fa- shouldn't we? Or no?
5: You, now you've already asked me, mate. I was, I was a definite no.
0: Oh, you're definitely. No, of course, you are. Well, actually, uh, Mark.
5: Mm, yeah, I'll say no.
0: Mark, I um, know your views on it, <clears throat> but if the opportunity presented itself, should they or should they say, get out? I of think
2: as a de aging thing, find knock self out. Um, you know, if you want Peter right. Davison to look like he did in nineteen eighty two, go for it. Um, if it serves, but again, as as Harry says, if it serves the story, because I think we are in danger, and I think one of you know, if Doctor Who's, to, and actually, this is why you know, Gary is saying, you know, wonder what Russell thinks of it. I I can't help but feel he wouldn't be that interested. I know he's on record saying, yeah, you would have a tenth Doctor spin off and an eleventh Doctor spin off, but if you look back at what he did when he came back to Doctor Who. It was stripped about right back down to basics. And I just can't see... But then, you know, the success of the new Spider-Man film, all that kind of stuff. You know, exactly. I don't, We'll yeah. see. We will see.
0: Yeah. It's almost like you can't have a successful franchise at the moment without it having some kind of crossover and multiverse stuff uh, to be successful. I don't know. Who knows? It's going to be exciting, though, to find out. Over the next few years, I'm not sure how long Russell's contracted to um to be showrunner for. But talking of Russell taking over, let's round out the show then. Overall, we're going to have a very quick uh, question. Maria said we should put a bet on this. So, who's what the the name that you would put forward as the next Doctor Harry, next Doctor Number 14? Well, Who is it's going it for to be
4: you? CGI William Hartnell, of course. Uh, no, um, I think it's going to be. I honestly have no idea, but at the minute, for some reason. My gut is saying Faddy. Faddy El-Sayed from from Class. Not sure why, but uh, yeah. Or, um, what's the name of that uh, female actor from uh, It's a Sin? Um, Lydia West. Yeah, yeah. I have a feeling it's going to be either Faddy or Lydia.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Faddy from Maria's favourite show. Mark, who's it for you?
2: God, um... I, th- I, I, I can't go Lydia West because then the bet doesn't work. Um, so, <laughs> so God. Um, I'm just going to put this out there, and it definitely won't happen, but uh, my good friend um, and podcast co-host Ben suggested Sally Hawkins as Doctor Who. And since he suggested it, I haven't been able to get the image out because that would be great casting. So I'm going to just wildcard it, Sally Hawkins
0: nice if that one comes true you're in for some money for that one uh co-host adam when we spoke about this on the show earlier actually but uh yeah who's it for you buddy
5: <laughs> um i i must admit i wouldn't be if it was lydia west i wouldn't be disappointed i think she would be cool um but as harry's nicked that one um uh, and i can't think of another one on the spot so i'm just going to say that i would have quite liked vicky mcclure but she's she's kind of ruled it out <laughs> in no uncertain mm. terms. So I don't think I'm going to win the bet, but I think she would have been cool.
0: Okay, cool. Jordan, can you hear us, dude? Jordan.
1: Uh, yep. Yeah. Um, I think, is, is she called Tina Miller? She's the, she's the actress. Yep. She was in uh, the haunted of Bly Manor. She was in that. Um, I think she'd be really good. Or Haley Atwell, I think she'd be really good as well.
0: Hayley Atwell, interesting.
1: Yep. Oh, yep. In, oh, Peggy Carter herself. Peggy I think she'd Carter. be. Yep. I think she'd be very, very, very good. Mm. But yeah, no, I think I think either of those two. I don't know who this Lydia person is at all. So <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, she's in "It's a Sin" and a couple of other things that Russell's done. Um. Uh, oh okay. Um, oh well,
1: maybe it is then. If she's she was also worked, in uh, Dracula yes, that uh, maybe. Moffat and
4: Gattis did as well, I think.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you'd know her, Jordan. If you saw her, you'd you'd know her. Yep.
4: No, she was in the uh, she was in the third episode, which was set in the uh, modern day. Um, I can't remember what her character was called, uh, but um, yeah. Just...
5: Do you know she probably mm, wouldn't do it, it's... but Keely Hawes, I think, be really good as a female Doctor. Yeah, I think she would be excellent. I don't think she'd do it, but I, I would love to, and she's already been in it, but that doesn't matter, but I think she'd be excellent.
0: Mm. There are some hilarious options, like I've seen Matt Berry is a name that's, um, <laughs> that'd be hilarious. And, Old uh, toast, yeah. Old toast. Mm. <laughs> um, but I'm going to say, uh, Chris Barry using the voice of uh, Mr. Britas, from the Britas Empire, <laughs> I think would be, What's Colin a with his good, assistant. Actor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
5: Hello, Mr. I British. think we could, no,
0: seriously, I think, <laughs> oh, no, Mr. Britt well, I, I think um, I would go for, uh, if it were me, if I was a betting man, uh, I would go for a bit of an outsider. Uh, I would go for a guy called Amari Douglas, uh, who's a bit of an outsider. So he was also in It's a Sin, so he's worked with Russell before and uh, a couple of other bits mainly a theater actor so he's got some really good acting chops but i think he's um he's just such a great great actor i think he'd bring a lot of energy and stuff so as a bit of an outsider i don't know his name's been mentioned just a couple of times but not too heavily but i'd go with the outsider i think the things like chris marshalls and richard and stuff they're all just too obvious and you know they've been said a billion times before so Right, some good choices there. So, if any one of those comes to fruition, I don't think Maria's um, given. And I've her left Maria out, haven't I? of course, for the next Doctor. Of course, I'm sorry, Maria. Sorry. What did <laughs> you? What did I... you? What have you got?
3: <laughs> um, I well, to be honest, I don't have a clue who it could be. Um, but I'm going to take a wild guess. So, and I don't think either of these are probably going to be it. But if it's um, if it's a woman, um, Olivia Coleman. Who I would love to actually do it, but I don't think there's any chance the show would get her. Um, and she's been in it before as well um, already. Um, and if it's a male, um, Ben Wishaw, sure? who was in the James Bond film. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, yes, Yes.
5: Yeah. It's a good choice. Yeah, I,
3: I, I, I don't, I, I think it will be somebody that we we probably haven't heard of. I think it might be somebody from the theatre possibly but um yeah it'd be really interesting i would
5: i would prefer that
3: yeah
0: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah i'd yep, like if it gonna was gonna do a george lucas and just do an unknown yeah my not go not go stardom yeah yeah okay so if one of our guesses or predictions is correct what do what do we get do we get a pint bought for us at the next thing that we're all at what's the what's the thing some crispy cream donuts what do we get
2: so there Point the, the BFI. I hope they don't announce the 14th Doctor before next Sunday because I'm skinned. <laughs> <You're just kidding. laughs>
0: yeah, timing's important with this one. Yeah. Um, okay, Okay. Some, some good ones. I'm not going to reel them off because I can't remember what you all said, but um, some good ones. I'll listen back and make a note of it so that I can bug you all when it does get announced and throw some praise on you or some, or some, uh, some humorous disgust at your poor choices so anyway we're going to wrap there for the february roundtable it's been very very cool as always guys thank you very much for taking the time out of your evenings to come and chat and waffle about some i wouldn't say controversial doctor who subjects but we did have a bit of a yeah a bit of a close to the knuckle should they shouldn't they is it right or wrong anyway so we'd love your thoughts dear listener if you want to hit us up on the twitter just do that over at big blue box Podcast. you can find us on twitter gives us your thoughts on that stuff uh you remember to follow and subscribe to the podcast in your fave podcast app so you won't miss a show when it lands every friday and also the monthly round table they land once a month with this lot which is good we're on the socials too instagram twitter and facebook links on the website which is big blue box podcast at And we have a free Discord server, link on our website, hop in and uh, chat some cool Doctor Who with some other Who fans. And as always, where can we find people? You know where to find Adam. It's the Geek's Handbag over on YouTube. Uh, We shove that down your throat every week. So you should know about that by now. Um, Mark, you do another podcast or two, don't you?
2: Uh, yeah, I do um, on the Timelash. Um, so, at on the Timelash on Twitter, if you want to follow me, although God knows why you'd want to do that, I'm at old man Krondas, Um And I usually pop up in various places talking about Doctor Who. It's all I have. It's, it's all I have.
0: <laughs> Pops up. He's a meerkat. Pops up and talks Doctor Who. Jordan, you write for us, of course, but you also write for some other places, don't you?
1: Yep. So, the, the, the other one I normally write for is the Doctor Who Companion. So I do quite a few articles on there as well.
0: Good, 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 good. Maria, you're exclusive to the Big Blue Box. Signed an exclusivity contract, sure. <laughs> yeah,
3: I'm exclusive to the Big Blue Box and uh, the NHS at the moment. So yeah, unfortunately.
0: <laughs> and Harry, you write for us as well. Anything else? Yeah, you're up to? just
3: doing a lot of actory
4: bits. Uh, I'm an actor. So uh, if you want to find out more about that, I'm on Instagram and Facebook.
2: Is it too late to Actually, bet that Harry's going to be the 14th Doctor?
4: Oh, I so wish. Too late to change my you just let my mind, Mark. <laughs> I wish. Maybe the 15th. Who We've knows? all missed a trick.
0: <laughs> it's been staring us literally in the face Cuts the out the bad
4: guys. Harry's the next Doctor. <laughs>
0: Right, so that's going to do it there fine folk who have listened this month uh, it's been great to have you here for another one so we'll see you next time, God knows what we're going to talk about on the next one but we'll keep you up to speed on the on the socials and stuff So, uh, Maria, thank you very much
3: oh, It's been a pleasure Gary
0: Thank you very much Harry
4: Thank you so much, it's been a really interesting discussion tonight and I've really enjoyed it
0: Mark, thank you dude Thank you uh, Co-host, Mr Adam Thank you dude
5: Cheers, man! Two podcasts in one day—we're rocking today.
0: We are rocking, professionals. And Jordan, thank you very much, dude, for putting up with your cyber mats. Oh,
1: thank you. Uh, well, I'm I'm looking forward to listening to this because I didn't hear half of it. <laughs> so I shall look forward to, to listening to this.
0: Cool, cool, <laughs> cool, cool. Right, we're going to do that. We're going to round this out. You're going to do it this time because you very well the last two times done it. Yes. We'll see you next time, and remember. Uh, hey. Hey. You guys are Sorry, amazing.
2: I was a bit
5: early there. <laughs> God, that nearly took the meter off the edge. <laughs> <laughs>